Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community, but right now, more than ever, they need our help, so let's do our part and support them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in, everybody, to another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, specifically Wednesday, one of our flagship shows here at Locked On Eagles. And as always, I'm your co-host, Gino Camilleri, joining you guys here on the October 7th edition for your first place Philadelphia Eagles, it's nice to say. And I am not joined by my co-host, Lou DiBiase. I actually have somebody else joining us, and it is Chris Malley from 4th and John, one of my very good friends on the Twitter sphere. Chris, how's it going, my man? How are things? It's going well, Gino. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's great Wednesday, uh, finally in the win column and first in the division. And uh, let's see what happens this Sunday. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. But the good thing is you're going to join us for a, hopefully a little more upbeat episode of the show today, seeing that Wentz did come off probably his best performance of the season, I would say. And before we get into that, just a few updates from practice today. It looks like Wentz Hopefully, we'll have some more weapons to add to his arsenal within the next coming weeks. It looks like Deshaun was back on the practice field today. Apparently, Doug Peterson wants him at 100%. However long that may take, it is better than no Deshaun Jackson on the field. Elshon should be back soon as well. The one big name that we did see was Lane Johnson on the sideline. Apparently, he was wearing a hat today. Wasn't in practice. But Chris, I don't know about you. I'm okay with rolling with these young guys so far. I was I was excited about uh, Sunday's matchup, seeing the youth get out there and actually perform well f- around the board. I think guys like Kevon Wallace got their feet wet finally. Sean Bradley had some snaps. And you look at the wide receiver position and Travis Fulham, who's our hero. It's, it's just good to see those young guys go out there and uh, ball out. So I don't know where you stand on getting to Sean and the rest of these guys back healthy. I mean, it's always good to have a veteran presence and uh, especially a guy like Deshaun that even though uh, he can be banged up when he's on the field, he's super effective and he just takes away a lot of attention uh, away from the middle of the field because they have to follow him deep with safeties. Um, But overall, you and I have always been on the same page in regards of letting the youth play, especially because we've seen ever since Wentz has came into the league, he's always found uh, his guys. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care about draft stock. He doesn't care about the whole image around him. I mean, look at this. Travis Fulgham, first time starting as an Eagle, and he catches one of the most crucial, like, touchdowns I, I've seen as an Eagles fan. It was huge. I mean, the Eagles are 0-2-1. You're away in San Francisco. You're going back and forth all night. Uh, and that drive felt like it was, like, 20 minutes. Um, penalties were kicking you back. Uh, weird play calls, like the reverse to Killens, uh, the fumble by Hertz, and then Wentz, with pressure in his face, uh, coming in his face, throws an amazing timing pattern, which is bizarre because it's a guy that he probably doesn't has limited reps with, has limited reps with in practice. Throws one of the best balls I've seen him throw this uh, in his career, and especially this year. So, I mean, it's good 
it's good getting the vets back, but honestly, with JJ Ortega Whiteside, he's had the opportunities in regards of snaps, maybe not uh, targets his way, but Travis Fulgham looked really good, and it's going to be really interesting to see how Doug Peterson and the coaches uh, split out the reps with these guys because, like, after a performance like Travis Fulgham uh, has had, like, I don't know how you put him on ice, uh, especially since JJ has has left you with much more desired since he's come here to Philadelphia. Yeah, and I've been his one proponent probably on the Twitter sphere for Eagles Twitter at least, and I finally waved the white flag with him. But sticking with the youth, I mean, if you go on to ESPN's Next Gen Stats, I put it out the other day, that Greg Ward and John Hightower in three out of the four games have led the Eagles wide receivers in separation and all have been over three yards of separation per route run. And the only game they didn't lead it was Jalen Rager who led. So seeing those young guys get out there, seeing them actually get some separation, for me, it's very – it lifts my spirits a little bit because you're not having this slow, plodding offense. You're at least getting guys out there that Carson can connect with. And that's what we're going to talk about right after the break here. We're going to get right back into Carson's performance against the Niners here with Chris Malley from 4th and John on Wentz Wednesday, this November 7th edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. So come on right back. Guys, today's Lockdown Eagles is sponsored by Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar you can find. 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones. You got caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. My favorite are some of the originals. I like peanut butter brownie and the uh, orange vanilla. Those are my go-to. Also, a little uh, tip, put them in the freezer. Oh my gosh. It's a, it's a perfect healthy alternative to your normal everyday snack. Honestly, it doesn't even feel like you're eating a protein bar. 180 calories, 19 awesome grams of protein. It's the perfect snack on the go for whatever occasion it is every single day throughout the week. Go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get $10 off your next order. You don't want to miss this. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, everybody, we are continuing our talk about Carson Wentz's performance from this last Sunday's matchup that put the Eagles into first place. And we're going to start right there, Chris, because you talk about Carson Wentz and how much people talk about him in the media. And I thought they put a great facet into that broadcast from Al Michaels and Chris Collins were saying that they asked Carson Wentz about um, Doc Rivers getting the coaching job in Philadelphia and Carson Wentz was just oblivious and had no idea what they were talking about. And that's one of the things that I hold Carson in high regard about is that when everybody else puts him in the dumps, when everybody else sewers him, he doesn't care and he'll go out there and in two straight weeks, he'll lead back-to-back fourth quarter comebacks that put them in a position to go out and win football games. And if anything were to come out of the last two weeks, I still know that when all the chips are stacked against them, that 11 is going to battle till the whistle is well through after the game is over. Yeah, uh, you know me, man. I'm a Wentz truther. Um, I don't care what people say on Twitter. I mean, if you, because you and I both know, like, when you know, you know. Like, mm-hmm. we've seen back quarterback play on our team, let alone from other, uh, play, other quarterbacks in the league. And I think the big thing is uh, – a lot of guys have a lot of recency bias. Like they'll mm-hmm. see Lamar Jackson, they'll see Josh Allen, uh, Kyler Murray, and all these guys make like all their highlight plays. But like people aren't watching the complete games. Mm-hmm. They don't see the struggles. Like Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, all these guys make bad throws. They make bad decisions. 
uh, Josh Allen fumbles the ball pretty much every game. Like it's one of those things where people just are, are just so emotionally invested in the Eagles, which you and I both are extremely. And I think we're the most critical of Lance because you and I are talking during every single game, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Come on, Carson!" Because like, and the whole thing is we understand though that this guy cares. It's crazy to me how some people mm-hmm. think that like. Oh, like maybe he's gonna retire because the injuries. Like he had a daughter, stuff like that. It's like no, like this dude is so wired into football. Mm-hmm. He loves the game. He loves his teammates, and he has so much to prove. I mean, we have a franchise quarterback, and it's just so bizarre to me that people just are so easily to want to uh, give up on him. Uh, Max D on Twitter, Max DFL. Um, you and I look at his stats and have talked to him before. He's great. I mean, he brought up like people were talking about. Well, Carson Wentz is in a fifth year. He should be better. It's like, yeah, well, Ben Roethlisberger was atrocious in his fifth year, but people hold him to be a a Hall of Fame quarterback. And then you look at Andrew Luck's comparison that Max had today. It's pretty close, like like with their stats. And if you look at both guys, both guys did not have much to work with in both their careers. I mean, let's be realistic. We get it. Carson Wentz has uh, what he has, and he has to make the best of it. But you're giving the guy – like rocks and you're giving him like sand and you're giving him like twigs and then you're telling him to make a cake like and he does it though mm-hmm. i mean he's not winning every game but damn near close i mean guys are uh he had one healthy lineman at one point like starting lineman it was kelsey lane johnson was shelved and all the other guys are all rookies or unproven guys i mean we had uh melada make his first nfl start not even nfl start football start, not high school, not middle school, not college, NFL start against the 49ers who were in the Super Bowl last year. I get that they have injuries, but so do we. And that's just, that's why you and I hold Wentz to such high regard. I mean, he's he's fantastic. I mean, you have to understand it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be perfect. But the guy's going to do everything he can to put himself and the players around him and the team in general in the position to win and be successful. And that's the thing, and somebody here on Twitter, my Buffalo Bills friends, want me to fill out a Josh Allen apology form, and I think that's a great place to sit because I said this to Lou the other day. You're not going to sit here and tell me after four games that Josh Allen is going to be one of the better quarterbacks for the remainder of his career. It's not going to happen. And you're not going to sit here and tell me that Carson Wentz is a bad quarterback because I've seen what he has done. And right before we hopped on the show, I was listening to Derek Gunn's new podcast and his interview with Chris Long, who Chris Long is arguably one of the most knowledgeable people talking about the Eagles because he was there. He was in it. And he is very critical of Wentz, but he also understands. He says, and quote, he said that he is a fringe top five quarterback. And we have seen that throughout his career and he has passed that echelon multiple times throughout his career and he said is he playing at that caliber now no he's not but we have seen that and like you said you and I Chris we've seen bad quarterbacks I remember drives in 2015 when Sam Bradford has the ball and it's third and nine and you're like he's gonna throw for eight yards I'm sitting here with Carson Wentz saying okay it's third and 14 they're probably gonna convert more often than not they're probably going to have a chance late in games more often than not. You look at the games that they lost last year early in the season. That Detroit game, they had a chance on the final throw of the game to win that game. The Atlanta game, he had a throw to Nelson Aguilar that was identical to the throw to Travis Fulham last week, but Travis Fulham actually went out there and caught it. So you're not going to sit here and tell me that Carson Wentz is a bad quarterback. And the thing that I loved from the San Francisco game is yes, you didn't have much, but there were times that Carson took it upon himself, 
even when the penalties killed the drives, even when there were bad boneheaded plays from other people that weren't Carson Wentz, he was out there doing things we saw in 2017, escaping those near sacks, holding onto the ball and making some throws. That one throw to Boston Scott that was negated by the uh, pass interference call was one of the most Wentz-esque plays that we have seen out of him. And when you see that, that's what you want to see moving forward. If he were to continue to have a bad game like that against, yes, you said an injury-riddled team, but even so, if he couldn't make those plays that we've seen him do in the past, I would be worried. But as of right now, the problem with the Philadelphia Eagles isn't Carson Wentz. He has 102 yards on the ground in his last two games. He's improved his completion percentage in the last two games. He hasn't turned the ball over nearly as much as he did in the first two games. He's starting to figure it out and starting to get into a rhythm. And if we're all going to go under the same presumption that we didn't have a preseason in the first four weeks, we're going to be a preseason. Well, week five is a pretty good place for Carson Wentz to start to get into a rhythm. Yeah, it's it's just exciting to know that he's finally getting it going. Uh, and the big thing is, not only was there no preseason, which I didn't like the excuse that Doug was really using with that, but the fact of the matter is that now Carson knows what he has in front of him. He knows he's not going to have a stable line the whole time. Mm-hmm. He knows that he's not going to have his uh, stable of skill guys the whole time. But, I mean, if they can hold – hold ship and the the sad part is that the Cowboys really should be owned for mm-hmm. the Falcons are doing them favors uh the Washington football team is in disarray right now starring Kyle Allen and and then the Giants are just like it, it's laughable mm-hmm. so the whole thing is like the Eagles are in a driver's seat for the NFC East um and then if Carson can keep progressing and you get healthier. I mean, we're going to have guys coming back. Will Parks is going to come back, which I think is going to be a complete night and day day for us because they were using him in such a uh, crucial role in, in the offseason and replacing Malcolm Jenkins and kind of alleviating the linebacker play a little bit. So, I mean, sky's the limit, uh, honestly. I mean, if you get Jalen Rager back and you can add what they ha- the plans work, you get Rager, uh, Goddard, uh, Deshaun, Vinny Carey at the end, like it, it's going to be exciting, especially Will Parks. Though. That's the guy I'm most excited for other than Jalen Rager to come back. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if it was a defensive show, I would love to get into it, but we'll have to have you back on to discuss that. But in terms of the offense, you're right. Jalen Rager is going to be back in three to four weeks, more likely than not. And we have a good friend who has good connections with Rager. And he said that he's a battler and his source says that he's always going to try and play through. And that's what you want to see. And I love what he's doing on Twitter, kind of, kind of pushing back against the negativity. And he's the anti-Aguilar, I feel. Like, he's the guy that you want to have in that situation. Like, yeah, I'm going to go across the middle and make a catch. And even if it hurts me, it hurts me. And that's what you saw. And Dallas Goddard, he's always just going out there, getting his head blown off, going across the middle. And you're going to have guys that make this offense cook. Because, yeah, Carson can – he could put together a broken plate so many times and try to use his glue as many times as possible. But there's times when we've seen it in the first two weeks that Carson's not going to make plays and they need a guy to be out there and make plays. But I would rather have the struggles be now than in November and December, because we've seen this team come out on top in November and December when they do get healthy, when they weren't playing great ball in the beginning in the middle of the year. And I just can't doubt this team Still, I, I know I've been very con- uh, 
very um, down on the team and saying they should make some drastic changes. I still think they should move on from Jim Schwartz. I still don't think he's doing any favors to that defense. But in terms of offense, I think Doug and Carson did enough to show me that they are willing to adjust game to game, where I haven't seen that from a lot of other coaches like Jim Schwartz, for example. Yeah, Schwartz is a guy where the fans just get frustrated because, like, week in and week out, you just mm-hmm. see the back of Nate Nate Gary's jersey chasing after a slot receiver for some reason mm-hmm. or a tight end or a running back out of the backfield. And then you see Alex Singleton make a huge play, whether Jim wants to say he was in the right spot or not, and it becomes a pick, uh, one of the biggest turnovers in the last two years. The Eagles haven't gotten many turnovers the last two years. And to get a, a pick six in that situation against a team like that, uh, it, it's huge. Like, I don't care. Like, Jim, Jim's like, oh, he just happened to be there. It's like, yeah, well, Nate Gary has not happened to be there his mm-hmm. entire career. So I'm going to be really appreciative that Alex Singleton coming off of ice, uh, coming off the bench, does that for us. I mean, it's just interesting because then you see a guy like Rizal Douglas completely clamp down uh, DeAndre Hopkins this weekend, last weekend, and you're just like wondering like if we had a different defensive coordinator and different scheme, like would Rizal would he have thrived here? Because he is right now. I mean, mm-hmm. the good thing though is uh, the Eagles are getting a little bit more healthier by the day and by the week. Uh, Carson Wentz is trending up. Doug Peterson's creativity is trending up, and the big question mark is I think Wentz is realizing that Miles Sanders might be a little more hurt than the team is letting on because the fact that Doug said that he wanted Corey Clement in the game at the, in the fourth quarter during one of the final series, I think that he's just protecting his players, meaning Miles Sanders, because there's no way you take off, you take uh, one of your best players and most reliable players off the field in a crucial moment like that, especially since Corey and Boston really haven't done much through four, three weeks prior to then. So uh, I think Carson understands that like this is his offense and he's in the driver's seat and it's going to go as far as he takes them. Absolutely. And I, I want to continue on that point as we get back for our last break of this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. All right, everybody, joining me once again, Gino Camilleri, your co-host. I am with Chris Malley from 4th and John. And Chris made an excellent point talking about that this offense isn't getting as much out of Boston and out of Corey that we thought. So I'm on the same page as you, Chris. I tweeted out right before, probably about 20 minutes before we hopped on this show, the DVOA in terms of rushing versus receiving for the running backs and giving the ball to Boston Scott has seemed not to be so effective seeing that he's posted a minus 26.3% DVOA versus receiving DVOA, which is 16.8%. And for Miles, his rushing DVOA is minus 0.9, which is nearly 27 points higher than Scott. And his receiving is a minus 51.6, which I thought was shocking. So to me... I still think this offense has a hurdle in terms of how to use their personnel because I still think that there's a boundary, there's a glass ceiling right now that John Hightower is under and a guy like Adrian Killings was under and a guy like Boston Scott and Miles Sanders are under because I don't think Doug is still using them in 100% the correct positions. And tell me if I'm wrong there, because I simply think that Miles 100% should be getting the ball more on first and second down, 
and we should be using Miles or Boston not in the rush game, but the receiving game. And I still think we should get John Hightower involved in some sweeps and some end arounds. And I just think Doug still has a little bit farther to go in terms of his game plan and game design. Yeah, uh, you hit it right on the head there. Um, I think that the Eagles single-handedly, I mean, there's a lot of mistakes, but they lost that lead and couldn't uh, maintain it against Washington because they didn't have Miles Sanders. Because right now, Corey Clement and Boston Scott, they're not giving you anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I like the guys, but the big thing is it's 2020. It's not 2019. You can't look at Boston Scott's run that he had at the end of last year when he came in clutch during those four games, and you can't look at Corey Clement in 2017. Who he? It's just night and day, and the team's changed too. So maybe it's more the scheme and the way that Doug's using them. I think that's definitely a part of it. But when you see Miles Sanders run the ball compared to the other two, it's just isn't even a remotely close of a comparison. Um, and you could see in uh, the San Francisco game when you have a lead like that, that not being able to run the ball or just get creative, it kills you. I mean, Jalen, they tried to use Jalen Hurts maybe as a running back to supplement uh, in for uh, Miles Sanders uh, being a little banged up and the other guys being ineffective. And then Hurts fumbles the ball. It's the second time he's fumbled mm-hmm. in two weeks. And it makes you wonder, like, would it have been nice to have like a J.K. Dobbins or one of those guys in the second round? Uh, just to have another cheap but extremely talented option next to Miles Sanders for the next couple of years. Um, we'll never know about that. Or, like, should the Eagles have just uh, cashed in on Leonard Fournette on the cheap uh, this offseason? We'll never know, know about that either. But if the Eagles want to do more than just win the NFC East um, and maybe be like an 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, uh, hopefully not 7-9 team, they might have to go out and trade for a running back, maybe a guy like Royce Freeman from Denver because they just need something. Uh, the Maybe Adrian Killens and Holyfield can come off the practice squad and add a little punch or like a spark to this offense in the running game. But right now, like there's definitely um, – there's something missing and Miles Sanders health is definitely in question in my opinion, because he's been off the field in the fourth quarter of two weeks in a row. Definitely. And speaking on health, one final thing touching on once Wednesday here, and I, I want to kind of shift the focus back to him and yeah, he hasn't been getting the greatest production out of everybody else, but in terms of Wentz's production, I think his health, is finally one thing that we can applaud him for because they're using his legs. They're putting him in positions that they were in 2017. I think this was the first time that we've seen this kind of crossover of concepts from that Doug Peterson like role that they were on in the early 2017 season and implementing it to now because you saw him outside the pocket. You saw him running just option plays, which was shocking but utterly rewarding. And to me, Chris, I got to say him being on the field for as much as people trolled him is arguably the biggest lifter of spirits for this Eagles team compared to anything else. I think the big thing that everyone loses is context. I mean, Carson Wentz has only missed, I believe it's only eight total games in his career. And I think that the reason why people label him as injury prone is because of situation, but the situation also has to be put in the context as well. I mean, this guy, he, gets hurt in a preseason game as a rookie. And then without ever playing a significant snap in the NFL, they trade the guy and safety blanket in front of him. He goes out in in a hostile home crowd week one and beats the Browns. 
Then the guy goes on a tear his second year, is likely on the road uh, for a Super Bowl and an MVP, dives into the end zone. It's not like the guy pulled his hamstring, popped an Achilles. He dove into the end zone, and he gets crunched and tears his ACL. Comes back from that, fights hard from that, going mentally and physically, and then um, he injures his back in the Jacksonville game. I mean, and then he gets hit in the back of the head on a dirty hit by Jeremy on Clowney. I mean, mm-hmm. in my opinion, like, that's not injury-prone. Like, it's it's football. These giant guys are hitting each other at ridiculous speeds. I would say more that he's had uh, bad luck with injuries, but I wouldn't label as injury-prone. I mean, there's guys that that pull up. Like, Deshaun Jackson's a guy that you could say is injury-prone. You'll never find me arguing against that. He's injury-prone. He, hamstrings, mm-hmm. little injuries. It's been his whole career. He hasn't played a full 16 many times. I mean, he's a smaller guy. But Carson Wentz... Uh, I don't think that there's a coincidence that the play overall is improving as they're taking the training wheels off of him. Carson Wentz is a guy, he's like, he's kind of, he's a more mobile Brett Favre in the fact that he's going to play a little loose sometimes and he might make mistakes, but he's a guy that loves the game of football and loves having fun. If you get him moving and you get him involved with his legs, it's a little less thinking and a little more seeing. Like, he just wants to see the field, not have Howie in the back of his head saying, Carson, you have to slide here. Like, you're a franchise quarterback. Like, stuff like that. So I really think that getting him running like you brought up really helps. Getting him out of the pocket really helps, especially with this banged-up O-line. Absolutely, and I think that's a great way to end it, Chris, because you hit it right on the head. It's – a fun quarterback to have out there, somebody that loves football. And when you hear his teammates talk about him, I think Miles Sanders said it best. He's out there playing big boy football, and that's what you want to see from your franchise quarterback. So that'll do it here on Wentz Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thank you, Chris Malley, for joining us from 4th and John. Let us know where you can be found on Twitter. Uh, Throw out your uh, handle, throw out 4th and John. Let everybody know what you're doing these days. All right, Jan. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to talk about the Eagles, Carson Wentz. Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's Malley, M-A-L-L-E-E, underscore Chris, underscore 24. Um, always feel free to reach out to Gina or I. Um, we're always uh, fan first. Uh, just want to talk talk Eagles football, talk about the draft, anything. Uh, appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, as always, yeah, you'll always see me and Chris interacting. He was one of the individuals that joined us for our Locked On crossover mock this year, and we'll be doing it again next year because, like the Eagles, I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to be bleeding green until I die, and I know you will too, Chris. So thank you guys for joining me. As always, thank you for listening on the Locked On Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you find your podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Gino underscore LOE. Find DiBiase LOE, my co-host Lou, who I will be back on the airwaves soon with him. He just has that job that always has him working nights and I'm always awake in the morning. So we got to get back on track. And you guys, thank you for always being there for us. We're in first place. It's great to be ahead of the Cowboys, ahead of the Washington football team, and ahead of the New York Giants. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And fly, Eagles, fly.